What is up, you guys? You are tuning in to the Health Without Limits podcast. I'm your host, Caroline Prestano, a personal trainer, nutrition coach, teacher, wife, dog mom to two, and mommy to be. Wow, that's weird to say. After too many years of playing it cool and trying to live up to society's standards, I decided it was time to share my voice. I hope that this is a place you will come to share your journey and to feel supported on your way. We'll talk all things health, fitness, nutrition, motherhood, and just some good old girl chat. Thanks for coming along. Let's get going. What is up, you guys? This week on the podcast, I have Kayla Brandon on. Kayla is a holistic health coach, and we connected through social media, of course. Um, Kayla is honestly the sweetest human being. I forgot at points that we were even recording a podcast. I just felt like we were two girlfriends chatting over the phone, and it was just such a fun conversation with her. This is one of my longer podcasts, and I love that. It was I felt like we could have gone on and on, but Kayla is also pregnant. During the time of recording, she was 37 weeks, so by the time this comes out, she is going to be either so close to giving birth or had just given birth. So fingers crossed for her and her husband, but we talked today all across the board, just her experience with pregnancy, her experience with her health, fitness, and nutrition during pregnancy, and we have a lot of good conversation around mindset and mental health during pregnancy as well as some of the things of pregnancy that maybe you don't hear women share about as often because they feel guilty about it um, for having any kind of emotion that isn't pure joy. So I really appreciated this raw and honest conversation. I really think you guys, whether you're a mama-to-be, you're already a mom, or it's in your near future, I think you're really going to enjoy and benefit from this. And as you'll hear Kayla say at the end, pregnancy is such a hard journey that this is the time to build a community. So both of us are hoping that we, you know, we would love to hear from you guys after this podcast, reach out to us, share your stories with us, share your struggles with us, because we need each other to lean on and community is like the thing that will get us through these nine months plus of this crazy time of our life. So I hope you guys enjoy this as much as I did and I'll catch you guys at the end. All right. So, hey, Kayla, thank you so much for coming on the podcast today. I'm glad you could make it on. Thank you so much for having me. So, and I'll do a little intro that they'll hear beforehand on you, but why don't you kind of give a background on who you are and kind of what you do, how you got into the field of um, health, fitness, and wellness? Yeah, so I originally, I went to, to college for communications and journalism, and I was a broadcast journalist, um, I was a reporter, kind of a one-woman band, um, like it's it's called a, a, a one one man band, but I say one woman band. Oh yeah, <laughs> um, multimedia journalist. So I would shoot, write, edit, and report all on my own. So I didn't have a photographer or anything like that. Um, and that was like it still is like storytelling is my true passion. Um, but I quickly realized after do, you know doing a stint in local news, and then I transitioned to more online like social media journalism um, for a political print organization um, covering the election in DC and I saw some really nasty things while I was there um, not at the company but really just like the climate that oh yeah uh, not this past election but the, the one before that the 2016 election was so I kind of saw this trend of journalism was something that I loved doing and I, I felt really passionate about storytelling and being a voice to the voiceless but it wasn't filling my cup up. Like I would come home, I was depleted of all energy, of all emotion, it was toxic. And so I thought, okay, I need to switch careers here. So I went into more corporate communications, which I've been doing for about four years now. Um, and I, I love it because it you still get that storytelling aspect and that intellectual stimulation, um, but you don't have to deal with all the chaos that is you know, breaking news and, and things like that. Um, so in that time, in the past four years, it's really allowed me to have hobbies. I didn't have any hobbies when I was a journalist because I didn't have time. I worked right. 24-7 and news never stopped. So um, I found myself with a lot of free time. Yeah. And I was, you know, hitting the gym. Um, I've always been very active. I didn't play sports growing up. I was a competitive dancer. 
for quite some time up until about 16. Um, but my family was always so like obsessed with working out and eating healthy and it was a lifestyle. Um, you know, my parents would wake up on Saturdays and we'd hear them blaring music in the basement and, you know, <laughs> Bon Jovi working, working out to Shania Twain. <laughs> oh, I love that. Um, right. And then afterwards they'd make their smoothies. And this was, I'm not even joking. This was like nineties and early 2000s. Wow. Were, my dad was eating, uh, was drinking wheatgrass shots before it was even cool. Like I <laughs> just look that now and I had no idea that my parents were so ahead of their time. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of the lifestyle that I've, that I've always lived. Um, and so when I had this time to step back from my, from my career in journalism and say, okay, what do I, what am I like excited about outside of my job, which was new to me? Um, I thought, okay, well, healthy eating, cooking and working out, obviously those are, to me, those are hobbies. Mm -hmm. Um, and some people make it a full time career. So I just started to look into educational opportunities. So I got certified, as a personal trainer with um, the National Academy of Sports Medicine in 2017. Uh, that was the first step and created a little like workout guide um, that it's like an eight week like kind of lifestyle guide. Um, and really from there, I've just kind of continued my education and I've just continued to share free information online. Mm-hmm. Um, I became a holistic health coach officially uh, earlier this year, like January, February of 2020. Um, that was a year-long program, and I've really just been, like, combining the two, so I share a lot of workouts and recipes and just more um, information about how to make healthy eating attainable mm-hmm. for everyone, because my my biggest thing in the wellness space is eating healthy and living a healthy lifestyle does not have to be expensive. It does not have to be bougie. It does not have to be... $45 fitness classes mm-hmm. or a $2,000 spin bike. It can yep. be as simple as going for walks. It can be as simple as taking three deep breaths in the morning or listing what you're grateful for. Mm-hmm. So I just think that that's kind of really been the driving force behind all of this is I want to be educated enough to give information to those who really need it and not necessarily take advantage of, you know, a population that's vulnerable, yeah. which is, I think a lot of Americans really, frankly, um, they're so vulnerable to fall for these fad diets or these, you know, new year, new me. And I'm, I'm so honored to have credentials behind my name that I've, you know, put in the time and effort in to, to continuing that education so that I can be that voice. Mm -hmm. And so I think, um, that's really kind of my background and how I got into health and fitness. It was really, you know, just a hobby Mm -hmm. turned passion. And now it's like a side hustle, but who knows for the future, is headed. I mean, I love teaching fitness classes. Obviously, that's been on hold for quite some time in 2020. Yeah. Um, but you know, the on my maternity leave, I'm really excited to kind of explore more on how I can better serve the community. Um, mm-hmm. Not only the one that I live in here in Chicago, but online as well. So yeah, so really, like, not sure what the future holds for me in the wellness space, but I'm going to continue to, like I said, share free information and just be there for people um, who are looking for a little more balanced approach yeah. to health and wellness. And I think, I mean, I'm very, actually very similar to you. I got my NASM certification for PT, and then I did precision nutrition for um, nutrition coaching. And similarly, like especially this past year, I feel like that free content has been huge because so many people used that extra time to actually focus on their health and educate themselves, which is amazing. And I think even now, like you said, going into the new year, people are still wanting to educate themselves and wanting to prioritize it. But I think our feeds are getting flooded with like the new year, new me. And it's good to have people out there that are not only like educating about balance, but you're showing it in your lifestyle too. So people are going to trust you and you're not charging them for it. So it's just like, you're like a partner in that journey. Yes, absolutely. And I love that you, you mentioned how people have really taken a step back during this pandemic that we're in and really have shifted their focus. I, I feel it just, I feel it almost energetically as well. People's mindset is, it's not the same as it was at the beginning of the year. Mm-hmm. It's, I feel like we were all on this fast track to nowhere yes. <laughs> before. Yep. And it's like we were rushing around, yep. commuting, 
if you had an office job or wherever you worked, and this really kind of like halted us in our tracks, and you had two choices. You could drink excessive amounts of alcohol and, and eat all the fried food or whatever, mm-hmm. and kind of like wallow in self-pity. Yep. Or you could kind of make healthier choices, and I've actually been really encouraged. I think a lot of people have actually lost weight or trained for you know, maybe not marathons or anything like that, but their training has changed yep. and their mindset has changed. And I just feel like what a great opportunity, you know, yeah. so many people could have gone the other direction. And I've, I've been very encouraged to see a lot of people actually go the opposite direction and invest more in their health. Yeah. And certainly probably working with folks like you who, you know, you're certified. So you have that credential and the, the education to help them. Right. And it's coming from a good place as opposed to someone who's preying on this vulnerable population, which I just see a lot of that in the right. space, in the wellness space. And oh, yeah. It gives me, like, just, I, it just gives me chills to think about that, like, people are out there trying to prey on people that really just don't know any better. Yeah. And then people that fall for it. It's, yeah, I totally hear where you're coming from. And I feel like, on a personal level, I like I needed that step back. Like as horrible as you know the events of 2020 have been, that forced slowdown was like exactly what I needed, especially like prior to getting pregnant. Like I was so high anxiety, go go go. I put so much pressure on myself and like I needed those couple of months to like slow down, journal, get some self-care in there. Cause now I feel like I can keep carrying that with me because especially during the first trimester, like I could not be go, go, go. It just wasn't physically possible. Oh gosh. Yeah. I mean, and can we just talk about the fact that like you're working out throughout your pregnancy, which is incredible. That's like the biggest thing that I've, I've heard from people that see me working out. They say, wow, I wish I would have done that because postpartum, would have been so much easier or labor and delivery would have been so much less scary or yeah. painful yeah. or whatever it might be. I don't even like painting birth as like a scary thing because it's, it's really not from what I've heard, but it's just this unknown that, right. you know, you, you and I can both relate to. We right. haven't experienced it yet. So it's more just, okay, let me do everything I can to prepare for this mentally and physically and then it will happen as it happens. Exactly. But, um, it, I think it's incredible, though, that you've been able to still work out because a lot of people, like you said, in the first trimester, especially nausea, fatigue, I mean, the works. Right. The first trimester is pretty rough. Yeah. <laughs> for a lot of folks. So, I mean, how was, like, how was your first trimester for you? Um, I, ironically enough, I didn't have any nausea, even though I just talked about it. Um, one of my best friends had severe nausea. To the point where she couldn't even keep anything down. She actually lost weight. Um, so every woman is different mm-hmm. um, and they respond differently. But for me, the biggest thing was just the fatigue. Mm-hmm. Like the fatigue knocked me on my butt. I, um, in terms of like workout modifications and like food aversions and stuff, I couldn't look at meat for the first trimester. Yes. And, and I'm a meat eater, but I've heard that's true for a lot of women. Like yeah. Our, Meat and vegetables, which obviously like lean protein and, and fiber and nutrients and minerals are so important during pregnancy. Yeah. But I couldn't even look at them. So oh, I was yeah. eating a lot of green smoothies. Yeah. Um, because I needed to disguise it. I was eating a ton of fruit. Like I'm talking I could eat an entire watermelon in a day. Oh my I was god. So much fruit, which is I don't even like I'm not even a fruitarian. I don't condone eating like massive quantities all the time I don't fear fruit right but it's like balance is everything right right but trimester balance goes out the window oh my god yeah um my major aversions were like anything basically anything healthy yep and then I was craving fruit and more carby stuff which Mm -hmm. is very common I'm sure and I'm sure you probably have similar symptoms where it's like popcorn avocado toast Mm -hmm. dry cracker yep like that and I wasn't even nauseous I just like that's what my body wanted yep so um first trimester yeah that was definitely that was definitely my go-to it was just plain foods no meat no veggies and really like taking a step back from working out and focusing more on just movement and so 
that's when I stopped running because mm-hmm. I've been a runner since I was like 14. Um, so I stopped running for the first time in a very long time. Mm-hmm. Um, not to reveal my age, <laughs> but I thought mentally I would be a lot more, um, that it would be a lot more difficult for me to do that. But, but it turns out that I actually think I was ready like physically to take a break from running mm-hmm. um, and hit. So yep. I stopped all hit, stopped all running and just did long walks and weight training and like bar workouts. Mm-hmm. Yep. There's this YouTube um, channel called Fit by Laurie, L-A-R-I-E. And she is incredible. She has free, like, like in real time workout videos and they're pre and postnatal. Oh. And I love her workouts. I think they're fantastic. And oh. they're also separated. She separates some of them by trimester. Okay. So I was, I was oh, okay. So what should I do? Because I'm not certified in pre and postnatal. Yep exercise mm-hmm. um so I really wasn't sure other than okay let me play it safe and not do plyometrics and burpees right. and land yeah. my stomach all the time. <laughs> um so so really it was just like taking a step back um that first trimester and really not trying to push it as hard as I as you alluded to earlier you know we both probably are very similar type a mm-hmm. really like ambitious women yep. um, it's hard for us to slow down yeah so the first trimester at least in my experience made me slow down yeah, you're physically forced. Actually, I'm similar to you. Right before I got pregnant, I ran my second half marathon. And so then in pregnancy, I assumed like, okay, I'll just, you know, I'll keep running, but I'll tone it down a little bit. And it, oh my, like the first time that I went out for a run, I only did a mile. And it was so hard because I was so used to running like for pace and then running for distance and I couldn't do either. And then I just felt heavier and then at like the joint pain afterwards, I like tried it for a few weeks and then I'm like, this just isn't worth it. Like I can run after pregnancy, but my body's telling me no. And I think it's almost easier to, to step back when you're responsible for something other than yourself. <laughs> you know, you can kind of say like, okay, this is a sign and it's not just me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's so, it's so self-aware of you to to just not continue something that you love clearly doing because not only does it not feel good physically but also you're thinking of something bigger than yourself or I wouldn't say for the first time in your life because I can't speak for you but I would say for me oh yeah I definitely the first time I'm having to think of someone else when it comes to what I'm putting in my body what Mm -hmm. I'm doing with my body how much sleep I'm getting my stress levels, my yeah. anxiety, my caffeine consumption. Oh. Let's talk about that. I mean, I, I, girl, I was drinking like three cups of coffee. Oh, I'm with you. Pregnant. I'm with you. I mean, I, right? Yeah. You just, these are the things you don't think about. Like, yeah. I haven't drank alcohol since the end of March. Yeah. Because um, I just had a feeling I was pregnant, and I didn't know I was pregnant yet. And I remember my husband, it was beginning of quarantine, when everyone was like drinking it. Yep. Like, we all thought it was like a mini vacation from our lives for two weeks. Yeah. And my husband was like, hey, do you want like a glass of wine? And that's really all I drink normally. And I, t- I said, you know what? I just like, I really just don't feel like it. I don't know why. And then a week later, I took my pregnancy test and it came back positive. Oh my like, gosh. I'm really glad I didn't drink. Yeah. Not that it really affected anything at that level. At yeah. That stage of the pregnancy. But I think you just, you're, you go into this intuitive mode. Yeah. When you get pregnant, like everything switches to like this more caring and compassionate mindset. Yeah. And I think like a lot of women, that's why when people talk about like pre-pregnancy bodies and then post-pregnancy bodies, I, I used to hear all these messages of, and from like really big people like Katrina from Tone It Up, mm-hmm. um, Katrina Scott. Yep. She talks a lot about postpartum body and how she's like, I don't even want my pre-pregnancy body, which before, I mean, obviously she's been in the fitness industry for decades. Mm-hmm. She looks fantastic. She knows what she's doing. Um, but it was always like, you know, I wondered, do they really mean what they say when they don't want their pre-pregnancy body? And you just go through like almost like a, it's like a spiritual process almost. Like when you're pregnant, like your mindset just focuses so much more on bigger things in life. Yeah. Your body is obviously very important. Yeah. But your the fact that it's at home for a future human <laughs> that will be in this world um, and that you are responsible for, I think that changes your mindset entirely on how you oh, yeah. your body, you know? And it's, it's some of those things just don't matter anymore, like as far as, you know, 
am I a double zero or do I have six pack abs? Like those things that maybe mattered before, you're just kind of like, I, I don't know about you, I was forced to, in, in a good way, forced to rely more on how my nutrition and my fitness made me feel in this pregnancy because it's not going to make me look a certain way, you know? So it's it was almost a good thing to make that shift of like, hey, I can go for a long walk and that actually makes me feel really good and it clears my head and I got movement in rather than like I have to go do 30 minutes of hit for the fat burn kind of thing. Yes, especially if, you know, being, like I said, educated in the space that you're educated in, you know all the tips and tricks to, like, lose body fat. Mm-hmm. And I feel like for a woman to go from thinking about losing weight pretty much her entire life, like, mm-hmm. so many women I know, myself included, frankly, I didn't realize that I had unresolved issues with my body and my body image until literally getting pregnant. Yeah. Like, before, I was like, hey, I've done the hard work. I had an eating disorder in middle school. Like, I've overcome so much in terms of how I, like, view my body. Um, and, of course, there were always things that I thought, oh, I could look better. Or mm-hmm. I could, you know, whatever. You always yeah. have something oh, to yeah. change. Yep. When you're a man or a woman, I think, mm-hmm. um, into the wellness space. But as soon as I got pregnant, I was like, wow. The fact that I wanted to change that? Like, look <laughs> at from March. Yes. Like, this girl's, like, go, go yeah. girl. Look yeah. at you. And so now I think it's just such a blessing to have that perspective. And I'm sure you have the same perspective where it's, you're just so much more grateful. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm just grateful to be able to walk still. Yeah. Because there are so many pregnant women. I'm 37 weeks tomorrow. And there's so many pregnant women that are like on bed rest now. Yeah. This stage in their pregnancy. So, um, yeah, it just like totally flips, totally flips your perspective when you get pregnant, like you said. Yeah. Just daily movement feels good. And yeah. feeling good better than having a six-pack, like, oh, yeah. any day. Yeah, absolutely. And I, like, I struggled, I would say, during the first trimester because my husband is also very active, and he actually runs a gym for athletes. So, like, you know, he's all about, like, going hard and gaining muscle, you know, and he would be showing off his progress, and I'm just like, oh, my. Like, it was really hard for me at first, and then I finally had a point where I'm like, he can still go after his goals and have fitness his way and I can have it my way and it's okay. Like I don't need to feel like I was feeling almost guilty because I wasn't going as hard as him. But I just, it's that mental transition that like different phases, different things matter and it doesn't make you better or worse than that other person. Yeah, absolutely. And the fact that he's still working out and like, it sounds bad to say this, but I kind of, experience something similar where his body isn't changing like he's not feeling the pregnancy like you are Mm -hmm. and I think for a little while just a little while I wasn't I would never say the word resentful because that's not even like close to how I felt but I was just a little jealous Mm -hmm. that he got to also experience or he gets to also experience like a child coming into this world but like I'm the one yes I don't want to say suffer, but like sacrifice. Yeah. Really, yeah. For a lot of it. Um, but it wasn't, yeah, it was like, not, resentment is not even the word, but I don't know why that keeps coming to my mind. Like, it was more just like, I'm just jealous that I wish I could still go to the gym and do burpees. Yeah. And like, do sprints and do all the things that I used to. So mm-hmm. I know, like, we talked a little bit before about kind of like being so grateful for this experience, but also mourning the life that you had before like the lifestyle yeah it's not a life like we're we gained so much in our pregnancies both of us because you know hopefully it was part of you know a, plan, a greater plan right um and we can grow our families which a lot of people have struggled to do in 2020 mm-hmm. so like I am so grateful but I think it's also okay to normalize the fact that you can be grateful and experience this um happy emotion but also experience something like um I don't want to say sadness but you know just missing your old life like it's okay to be thankful for where you are today but also look back and say man I wish I could do x y and z like I wish I could have a glass of wine or I wish I could go for a a long run right you know and you just for like nine plus months right definitely like everyone tells me it's a year like the fourth trimester yeah. is 
all about postpartum and I haven't experienced that yet. But it's really like a full year of the woman's life. Yeah. That you just, you're not yourself. Yeah. And so I think it's okay to, to have those conflicting emotions. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure you can relate to that too. Yeah, and I love that you said that you because you had posted something on your Instagram about that about like you know accepting the body that you're in and the lifestyle you're in, but mourning what you had. And it it you're right. It doesn't mean that you're not grateful. Like if this was to be offered to you again, you know you would jump right on that opportunity. But it's different. It's an adjustment, and it's not good. It's not bad, but it's just that adjustment. Did you feel like like when you posted that? Did you have a lot of women that felt like they could? resonate with that same feeling oh yeah like I was shocked to hear so many people say yeah I'm I I like you try so for some people they try so hard and for so long to get pregnant so when they finally get pregnant they think that it's just going to be this euphoric experience 24 7 and for us it wasn't like super easy to get pregnant I wouldn't say it was like difficult by any means considering the journey that I know other women have gone through and other, you know, couples have gone through. Um, but it took us almost like a full year, like, Mm -hmm. um, which for me, I, I'm surrounded by so many people who quote unquote tried, which in my definition, at least in my, like, uh, like my spiritual background, like I just considered no birth control at all. Yeah. (laughs) Basically not trying. Yeah. Or, or basically trying. So not trying to me would be any form of birth control. Yeah. So birth control went out the window as soon as we got pregnant or as soon as we um, got married. Mm-hmm. And so it took us 11 months to get pregnant. And the only way we could was if I tracked my period and then my fertility window, which I had done a few times before, but like really kind of loosey-goosey. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the one month that I was like, <laughs> okay, we are going to try and like, <laughs> in this bed by <laughs> yeah so and they like that's graphic but that's how it happens right? yeah so yeah. um and it like I never wanted to get to that point I really wanted it to be a natural experience and not like scientific but that's what it took for us to get pregnant and yet I have literally almost all of my close friends and my family members sneezing got pregnant like the first time they didn't use birth control mm-hmm. they got pregnant and I was like what the heck yeah so, um, yeah, it's just, it, it was such a journey, I feel like, to get here. So for me to feel at all, like, not happy <laughs> with it, or I guess a little, like, um, I, I, it's, it's so hard to put into words because it's not that you're not happy. It's not that you're not grateful. You're just kind of like, this isn't what I thought it would be. Like, yeah. I built it up so much. And yeah. then I got here finally, and it took so long. And then you're like, oh. Sometimes yeah yeah and so so I did get a lot of people that messaged me privately actually and said hey it took us a while to or you know hey we didn't mean to get pregnant but we got pregnant and I've only ever seen all these glowing baby bumps on Instagram where like you know you look at like these Victoria's Secret supermodels and they're all for whatever reason they're all getting pregnant too you're just like man you make it look so easy yeah and you're so glamorous um but really like I can't get out of bed today. Yeah. So and media totally glamorizes pregnancy, I think. Oh, yeah. And I feel like, I mean, that's what Instagram is so often is that highlight reel. So I think it's so appreciated, like, when you do show that vulnerability of, like, no, you know what? Like, I'm struggling and it's okay. And it, it allows other people to feel okay in their struggle, too, or sharing their struggle, too, because... I'm totally with you. There's been times where I'm just like, I don't love being pregnant. And there's so many women that will share like, oh, I love being pregnant. And that's great. But then you almost feel like guilty when you're like, yeah, I don't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Or what am I doing wrong? Right. That's so often where people are like, Kayla, how are you going to the gym? And I was like, I want you to know that I don't want to be here. Like, I don't want to be here. It's taking everything in me to get to the gym and I'm not saying to push yourself super hard in pregnancy but I just know that I feel better after a workout and so for me it's worth it like Mm -hmm. it's totally worth it to like quote unquote push myself which really just means like five days a week trying to get to the gym yeah and then just lack of walking and I think that's a totally different mindset than I had before Mm -hmm. right so before it was probably very much like you like running hit 
very, I wouldn't say rigid, but slightly rigid training schedule. Yeah. It's like, okay, Mondays I'm doing legs, and then Tuesdays I'm doing this, and then, like, whatever it might be, um, and I just, to get to the point where you're, where you're like, wow, I went for a three-mile walk today, that's a lot. Yes. <laughs> for me to say yeah. three-mile walk is a lot, is a, crazy, because I used to run, like, six miles on a limb, mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, yeah. great, good times, and now I'm you're growing a human. So you're just like, everything changes. Mm-hmm. Like really everything changes. And oh, yeah. I don't think women are ever prepared for it. No. I really don't think men are prepared for it. <laughs> no. They're, oh no. They're, they're not physically going through it, but no. they're, they're there is like the support yeah. for the most part. If yeah. you're in like a heterosexual relationship. Yeah. Um, so, which is only my experience I can speak to. Right. Yeah. And it's, I think that's also though, it's so good because then you can carry that with you postpartum because you're, you know, you're not going to be running six miles as soon as you can get back to your workouts. You know, it's a goal you can work up to, but you're prepared in that sense of you're not feeling guilty. You're not, you know, beating yourself up over it because you spent the last nine months in that headspace already. And, and getting there. So, like, how are you feeling about postpartum? Like, do you feel any kind of pressure or anxiety around it? Or do you just kind of feel like you're in a good headspace now for it? I think if you asked me this at the beginning of my pregnancy, I would have said, oh, I've got a plan. I'm going to crush it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. You're just, as I'm sure you know, because you're, you're in your second trimester, which is the best time ever. You yes. energy to, like, Take full advantage. Oh, yeah. Uh, third trimester isn't scary, though. I just want to say that, like, people make the third trimester out to be this big, scary thing. It's like, and they're like, oh, you're going to be big as a house. Really, <laughs> I mean, everyone's body's different. Yeah. You still do the same, a lot of the same things that you did in the second trimester. It's just you might get out of breath more quickly or, like, you're, um, you know, you're just slowing down a little bit. Mm-hmm. But other than that, it's – just keep trucking. That's the best thing I can tell people is yeah. don't let any woman or man, but mostly it's women I've mm-hmm. noticed, scare you in saying like, you know, third trimester is scary or postpartum is yeah. scary. So for me, like my mindset going into postpartum, I'm kind of a realist in the sense that I'm prepared. I have all like the, assuming that I'm able to deliver, um, I don't want to say naturally because I plan on getting an epidural, but like <laughs> vaginally. Yeah. For whatever, I like using the word naturally because it just to me that still is a nat- yeah. natural way of doing it. You just yep. have like medical assistance for people leave. So whenever I post about it, people are always like, "Oh my god, no epidural!" <laughs> and you're um, like, "No," which is so funny to me. Yeah, because that's not my plan. Nope. Um, so we'll see what happens, but I'm planning for you know that type of a birth. Mm-hmm. So that does come with certain things like making um your own like they call them padsicles i'm learning about all this now where you kind of you have all these like you know witch hazel and things to like cool and numb that area yeah um, so i feel like i've done all like the major legwork in terms of getting all like those postpartum supplies and like i'm ready to take some sits baths with some epsom salt like i've done all the research but i'm i don't think anyone can prepare you for like the emotional changes mm-hmm. that you go through because i've just been told like your hormones go from a certain level, like they just come crashing down because when you're pregnant, you're producing all these extra hormones, like mm-hmm. these female hormones, and then they're like gone. And so that, that's where a lot of like the people that I've talked to have had um, postpartum depression because mm-hmm. they weren't ready for that mental. It's a really a chemical thing at mm-hmm. this point, um, you know, change because it, it occurs so quickly. So I think I'm just, I'm trying to arm myself with like the physical supplies knowing that I'll never really be ready for the fourth trimester. Mm-hmm. Like, I will never be ready for what happens after birth, especially now because I've never experienced it. Mm-hmm. Um, but just knowing that you have no control, which I've said a lot in my pregnancy, like, that's the biggest blessing of this whole experience is it's allowed me to release a lot of control, mm-hmm. and all I'm doing is controlling what I can. Mm-hmm. So I can only control, like, the preparation for postpartum. And making sure we have enough diapers and all this stuff. But at the end of the day, what happens after January 21st, which is technically my due date, but who knows what the heck will happen. Like, I can't control that either. Right, right. I don't know when he's going to come. I don't know how he's going to come. And so I think just 
accepting that has will release a lot of women from like that anxiety trap. Yeah. Because I certainly fall into the anxiety trap too. I have so much natural anxiety. I'm a high strung person. So for me, the unknown is what scares me. Yeah. I'm not scared of of the actual act of, of everything, like birth and postpartum and everything, because I know that, like, your body can handle it. Mm-hmm. It's more just, what is it like? Yes. Yep. What is it? I'm totally with you. And like you said, like, and I don't think women mean to do it, but they do kind of scare you talking about, you know, whether it's the third trimester or their birth story or their postpartum journey. And I've found, especially being in the social media space, like, there's certain people that I have to stop looking at their things because my anxiety goes up like, oh God, what if I have that experience? Or what if it feels like that for me? And like you, that unknown is is so hard, but you almost have to go into it with that mindset of, I don't know how it's going to feel because then you kind of stop seeking those answers. Yeah, and I totally agree with you. There's so many people that unknowingly scare the crap out of people yeah <laughs> like they're they share their birth stories and I've gone back and forth on this a lot on whether or not I even want to share my birth story because sometimes I just think look it's better like left unsaid <laughs> because <laughs> what happens with my experience is not going to be the same for you right because we're all so different and our circumstances are different I mean I've never I have never had so many pregnant friends and family members and I have never once heard the same story. Right. Ever. So what does that tell you? Like, right. Variables change every day. You as an individual is different. And your like the the growth of your baby is different than the growth of my baby. And mm-hmm. like there's just so much so much that we can't control. And it's honestly frustrating when I hear women talk about the birth experience and like in a way that is so negative because mm-hmm you know, how unfortunate for all the women out there who, like, also can't have children. Right. You know, like, for you to paint the picture of, like, something so negative when you're literally bringing life into the world. And you can say that to your friends and family all you want, but when you put something online, and especially if you have a big platform, um, even if you have one follower, like, you're still influencing someone. And so I just, I think I get, like, really frustrated when I hear these horror stories of these women telling, you know, the internet how terrible their birth is. It's like, I don't, it's not to say that you can't have that experience and have a certain view of it, because I'm sure it was truly terrible for you in Mm -hmm. that moment. But how unfortunate for all the women that are reading this, who maybe, maybe this dissuades them from wanting to get pregnant. Right. Because they're like so terrified of their birth. And then maybe there's people that read it and start crying because they're like, man, I would go through hell and and high water to have a baby. Right. So I really have gone back and forth, and I think I've, like, kind of just landed on the fact that I probably won't share, like, the story. I'll probably just say, hey, here's, you know, after we have a few days to ourselves, like, I'll probably share a photo or something. He arrived at this time, Mm -hmm. this much, and I think I'm just going to leave it at that. And if people want to message me and ask me more, that's great, but Mm -hmm. I don't want to put that on people because I just, I feel like it negatively impacted me when I would start Googling things. Yep. And it just increases your anxiety. And for what? Right? right. Like you can't control anything. Oh, so yeah. Why stress? Exactly. This far in advance. Exactly. Now, have you guys been able to do any like virtual classes or birthing classes to prep you? Like it's such a weird time as far as what's offered now. Yeah. And I would love to hear how you guys have handled this too. I know you're in the second trimester. Like, I feel like that's even also the time like when people start taking these classes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've actually taken food series from like a mom's group um, in Michigan, actually, which is where I'm from. And it's like this Facebook group. And I just said, hey, does anyone have any like recommendations for, I don't want to know all the ins and outs of birth. I really don't. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's not... <laughs> That's not something I want to know. Yep. But I do want to know what are, you know, what can I expect? Also, like, you know, the terminology, um, you know, how does this epidural work? Like, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, what does it look like physically for, like, you know, a baby to come out of you? Mm-hmm. Um, things of that nature. So I found this YouTube series, and I, I will have to send you the link because 
I think it's been viewed like millions of times. Okay. It's this Canadian um, like midwife, <laughs> and she just has like a three part class, and mm-hmm. it's an actual class. Like she teaches it, and you can see people's heads in the background and everything. Um, and she is so knowledgeable and so like just so easy to learn from. Um, and it was all about like the um, like pre labor, labor, and then like right after the delivery. Mm-hmm. And it's I think each video is like an hour, so it's free. It's on YouTube. Oh, so that's, that's great. What we did. Yeah, it's totally, like, I was completely shocked when they sent it to me. Yeah. Um, and so we did that for, like, the labor prep, mm-hmm. which is kind of what I was interested in. And then we've been doing the Taking Care of Babies course. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you're familiar, but, yeah, she's, like, the baby whisperer when yes. sleeping. <laughs> so that's my big thing. I want to be ready for yes. <laughs> And, yes, like, I want to sleep, and I don't need to sleep eight hours through the night. I know that's totally unrealistic. But I have heard stories, you know, on unsolicited advice, really, yeah. of people saying, oh, I only got, like, 20 minutes of sleep last night. And I'm like, whoa. Okay, yeah, no. <laughs> you're not doing that. So um, I learned a lot from her. So does my husband. We like her some of her techniques of, like, trying to just soothe a baby that's crying and, you know, just think little things like that. But yep. we're trying not to prepare. This sounds bad. We're not trying to, like, over-prepare. Right. Because I think a lot of those questions will be answered in the hospital right after you deliver from what I've been told, like mm-hmm. the nurses are amazing and you can learn about breastfeeding and they like teach mm-hmm. you how to laugh, like have a good yep. latch and all this stuff. And these are things that if you're not pregnant or if you've never been pregnant, like, like you hear the word latch and you're like, what does that even mean? But it's, <laughs> once you yeah. get pregnant, like your whole verb, your whole um, like terminology changes. Oh yeah. How you speak. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> I it's as well, like online or. So we haven't, yet but similar to you the taking care of babies I was actually telling my husband about like because we're in that same way where like sleep is very important to us and we're like those people that will go to bed really early um and we're I mean not naive enough to think that like you said we're not going to get our eight hours right away or in any time soon but I'd like to set us up for something um but yeah, I mean, similar to you, I, I'm using a midwife and they are doing all their classes online right now. So probably beginning of third trimester is when we'll look into just, and like you said, like more of the birthing classes. Like I don't need a breastfeeding class and I don't need like some of those other things. I just want the basics. Um, like I went to a pelvic floor therapist actually this past week and she asked me, she's like, so do you have a plan of like your birthing position and everything? I was like, nope, <laughs> I'll get there. But like, I'm in the second trimester. I don't, I don't know. Like how, so it's just, you know, like, oh my the, gosh. yeah, it's just, I don't know, but it, we'll get there. And it's like you said, I just want the basics. I, I want to go in with my eyes open, but I also don't want to be overly educated because chances are it's not going to go the way that I think it's going to go. Yeah. And like, you know, we all, I think most women say, yeah, I would love just like that. I'm going to use the word natural again, even though, again, that doesn't mean no medication. Yeah. Um, but like every woman's like, yeah, natural birth, C-sections. Oh my gosh. It's so scary. But I have had three, okay, now four women that I'm either related to or like close friends with mm-hmm. that had to get like emergency C-sections um, or one was like a scheduled C-section. Um, but you know, who cares? All of them are in their postpartum journeys are like, look, you're still recovering. Yeah. Like it's still the equivalent of they say getting like from a, uh, which I'm not saying that it's scary. I'm just saying like the intensity of birth yeah. is real and your body needs to recover um, regardless of whether or not you had a quote unquote natural birth or whether you had a C-section. Right. So exactly. I feel like women like myself included, I'm just telling myself if I get a C-section or if I have to, well, first of all, who cares? The baby's, it's all about the baby's safety. I, no. And I totally agree with you on that. Like, like we said before, like pregnancy forced us to drop that control. Cause I think if you were to ask me this, like prior to getting pregnant or the beginning, even of my pregnancy, like 
I would have a totally different answer. Like, nope, I'm going to have a plan. It's going to go like this, and then it's going to go like this. And now I feel comfortable just saying, I don't know how it's going to go, and that's okay. Yeah, and also, like, reminding your relatives, because the closer you get to giving birth, the more you'll get texts like this, where any doctor's appointment, people are like, okay, is the baby coming? And it's like, you'll know. (laughs) (laughs) I will know. You'll know. Yep. Um, and it's all from a place of love and support, but it's just so funny how, like, if you don't have, like, a scheduled C-section or you're, like, being induced on a certain day, like, um, which is actually the case, for, I'm learning, like, a lot of other people that have, like, scheduled C-sections, like, whether it's medical, like, you know, there's certain risks associated with their pregnancies, mm-hmm. um, but I'm, you know, probably in the same boat as you, where things have been pretty good mm-hmm. <laughs> during my whole pregnancy, so... My doctor today was just like, yep, see you next week. Yeah, and it's... like, let me know if anything crazy happens, but other than that, I was like, okay, so I'm just supposed to wait around. She's like, yeah, that's how childbirth works. Like, you just wait until the baby is ready, and the baby will tell you Mm because your water will break. Right. You will have other signs and symptoms, and these are the things to look out for. And um, I just think, like, the anxiety ramps up at the end of pregnancy, not because you can't not because you're not in control, but just because you just want, I, I feel like for me, I just, I want to know when he's going to come. Like yeah. Day, yep. So that I can just prepare. It's not that, I guess it is a control thing, but I, it's really, I'm not trying to control, you know, how he gets here mm-hmm. or like what day he arrives. I just want to know like, when are you thinking about coming? Yeah. <laughs> I need to go to the grocery store and right. like, stock up on some stuff. And, right. Uh, Cause like, yeah, postpartum, I'm fully prepared that it's going to probably suck. And like, I think it's okay to say that. Oh know? yeah. Like it's a really traumatic thing that your body goes through. It would be stupid and naive of me to not think that I wouldn't be in some kind of pain. Right. So yeah, just, I think pregnancy, like we talked about, it's all about releasing that control and like just being gentle with yourself. Yeah. And I can't, like, now that you're getting towards the end here, I just can't imagine, like, I put in my uh, request for maternity leave and, like, had to put a date on there, an estimated date. And, you know, they're like, well, are you going to work up until you give birth? I'm like, I think so. And then I'm like, oh, God, like, I could go into labor at work. I could go into labor the night before. Like, it's just... I think I'll be in that same place as you of like, can I just have an idea of like when this is going to be <laughs> happening and where will I be when it happens? <laughs> right. Like, can you give me a time frame, which we're never going to get? Yep. But I think, like I said, it just goes back to that control thing. And with like regards to like maternity leave and stuff, I initially was just thinking, oh, I'll work until, you know, my water breaks and I'm going to the hospital. Um, but I think I realized for me, just like the, you know, my, I'm super grateful for my, my corporate job. I, I really love the people I work with, but it is kind of like high stress and mm-hmm. like very demanding. So I just told my boss, like, I hope it's okay with you, but I'm going to take like the week before my mm-hmm. day off mm-hmm. so that I can get into a good headspace. Yep. And he, of course he's so supportive. He said, you know, do whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. But I actually heard from a lot of like women, ironically enough that they're like, oh, you can do it. Just work to your due date. I did it. And I was like, but I'm not you. Yeah. Really like, I need some time to decompress yep. before he gets here. Yep. Um, and so I think just like listen to your body. Like when you get to that stage, if you're feeling anxious, mm-hmm. I would just say, hey, you know what? Move in my maternity leave request or I'm mm-hmm. taking some sick days or whatever you need to do. Yep. I just think like no one should be in a position to tell you what to do or yeah. what they did to, to influence you and like how you're going to react yeah like I just think I was shocked when I, some people give like unsolicited advice and I was like nah, yeah taking it <laughs> and that's that's what I've said to my husband that like a if I get put on bed rest that's you know out of my control but b like if I'm super uncomfortable or like you said super anxious like I'm not going to get that time back so I'm just I, I can take it. Like if I need that week or a few days or whatever it is, it, you know, in the big scheme of things, it's not a big deal. Yeah. And if you took like my nurse uh, today, she's so funny. She told me that she took a plan to take the week off before her due date. And then she, she's like, both times, would you believe it? I took off 
like my first day off was a Monday and I gave birth on a Tuesday. Oh my God. <laughs> and same thing happened with her second kid. She had like Monday was like her first day off like the week before her due date. And then she gave birth on a Wednesday. She oh my God. Like, Damn. Like, yeah. I didn't even get the whole week. Yeah. She's got to start taking two weeks. <laughs> exactly. Like we could say, oh yeah, we're, you know, taking a week off before our due date to relax, but you could be going into labor at that point. Exactly. So, really, that's my that's my whole view on that. Is like you take whatever time you feel comfortable with. Yeah. And if anyone has an issue with that, like that's on them. Exactly. Yeah. And I'm like I'm looking forward to personally since I'm a teacher, I'm mm-hmm. I stay out on my maternity leave through the summer. So like oh. I'm really getting that good extended time, which is kind of lowering my anxiety about postpartum because I'm not feeling like stressed about getting into a routine right away because I know I have that time which I feel fortunate for but that's at least helping me oh yeah and when is your due date so I'm due April 30th oh gosh that's so perfect because then you could take you know your leave and then like you said it rolls straight into summer right and we all know teachers you never get the full summer like I feel like people always think oh you get you know three and a half four months of like bliss no my mom was a teacher my yeah was a teacher I know the work that goes into summer, so, um, like, I'm under no illusion that I'm sure you'll have, like, other things that you're going to be doing on during the yeah. summer break, but I'm really happy for you that, you, like you said, you have that extended time, because I just think it's so important, and teachers don't get enough credit for all the work that they do, and so to have, like, a child on top of caring for other people's children, especially during a pandemic, yeah. I mean, truly, really, like, I you so much, because that is a huge undertaking. Yeah. It's a huge undertaking. Yeah, it is. Well, thank you. Well, I'm so glad that you were able to come on here today. And I really feel like a lot of women are going to be able to resonate with the message that you're sharing. So I'm glad we were able to to connect and to do that. Um, but before we sign off, can you share where people can find you, whether it's social media, website, email, anything? Sure. And I love connecting to you. And hopefully, um, you know, if people resonate, they reach out to both of us and we can, you know, continue the conversation because it's all about community, right? Um, yeah. Especially for pregnant women, I've learned that community is everything. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, so people can reach me. Honestly, Instagram is a, a great place. Um, it's at Kayla, two underscores Brandon. And, um, and then my website is KaylaBrandon.com. So it also has like various ways you can reach me there. You can okay. email, you can find my email address. You can sign up for my newsletter, which I send every Monday. So um, there's different ways to connect to, but, um, but yeah, I'm pretty much trying to limit social media. Um, so if I don't respond right away to a direct message, <laughs> it's only for my mental health. Yep. Um, so that's, I'll caveat it with that. I'm just at that point in my pregnancy where sometimes like too much information is a bad thing. Yep. Um, so I'm just trying to like limit my exposure. Yep. Um, but I do love Instagram and I always check it every day. So I will get back to you if you do send me great and I'll make sure I put those in the show notes too and people can keep their eye out for that but thank you so much for coming on yeah thanks for having me and look forward to talking maybe postpartum thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the health without limits podcast you guys know that I appreciate your support more than anything and really love having this outlet to just share my voice too don't forget to reach out to me on social media so that we can connect You can find me on Instagram or Facebook. Both of those will be in the notes section of this episode. I'll catch you guys in the next one.